BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am very excited for today's episode with Marin. Marin is the sensation behind 28 Dates in 28 Days. She went viral documenting her dating experience. So I'm very excited for you to hear her take on it. And I also feel like this episode just like makes you rediscover the magic of dating. It really does. Whether you're in a relationship or single or whatever, this episode is for you. Before we get into this, I just want to tell you how fucking excited I am. Excuse my language. For the next couple episodes, we have an amazing episode coming out with Allie and Erica from Finding Mr. Height. We have a great episode coming out with Talia Lichtstein about monogamy and like really makes you think deeper about it. We have a great episode coming out with Tinks. We have a good wellness episode coming out with the founder Remedy Place. So a lot to be excited about. I also want you guys to know that we're now on YouTube. So anything that you listen to, you can also watch if you're somebody that likes to watch. I know that sounded sexual, but you know what I'm saying. So our channel is We Met at Acme on YouTube. Check it out. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please feel free to write a review. And there will be an announcement of sorts coming up this week about something that you can attend in person. So make sure that you stay tuned and that you do that. I'm going to answer some of your questions and then we'll get right into Marin. Speaking of monogamy and open relationships, this one says, hi, Lindsay, thank you so much for being so open about you having a higher sex drive than Steven has. I really related to this and I have so many girlfriends going through the same thing. The feeling of your boyfriend slash fiance slash husband not wanting to fuck you is one of the most painful things that I've had to work through in a relationship. I realize it's more complex than this, but this is how I internalize it. Do you have any advice on how to make this type of dynamic feel less shitty for the woman? What are your thoughts on open relationships as a solution to mismatched sex drives? Are there any solutions aside from that? Okay. So lots of, lots of thoughts here. I think that, so for me, even though it's possible that I might want to have sex more than Steven does, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's like so uneven to the point where one of us is upset by it or affected by it. I like to have sex more. And, you know, I've talked about this. Maybe it's me needing validation, whatever it is. But he also likes to have sex in, at a level that makes me happy, right? And so I'm not feeling as if there is something missing, as if 
I am not getting what I need when it comes to sex. If I were feeling that way, then would I want to have a conversation about an open relationship or sleeping with other people? Absolutely. It would be something that I would want to explore in terms of how can we both make sure that we're being, our needs are being met and we are happy. Um, so I just wanted to make that clear. If you are listening to this and you ask this question and you're like, I don't feel satisfied. I am really feeling like, you know, I've internalized this so much. It's affected me so much and I want to feel wanted again. Then yeah, you should explore maybe not an open relationship, but a conversation, an open relationship could work, but a conversation about what can you do to get your needs met more? Start, I would start with within your relationship. And then if there's nothing, then I would think of maybe outside your relationship. I personally wouldn't be able to be in a relationship where I did not feel sexually satisfied. So think on that. Like, I'm not saying get out of your relationship, but like, think on it. Like, because you have the rest of your life to be with this person. And if you're not feeling satisfied right now, can you go on in this way? And if not, find a solution, whether that's open relationship different relationship, whatever it is. I hope that was helpful. This one says, I have a question I'd love your input on. For context, I have the most amazing boyfriend who I met on Hinge. We've been together for a little over a year and still very much in our honeymoon phase. It still doesn't feel real. This is my first serious relationship that I can see a future with. I'm in my late 20s and I have relationship and life milestones on my mind. I'm so happy with him, but my mind is constantly thinking about our future. It definitely doesn't help seeing my friends getting engaged and some within very short dating timelines. While we've discussed marriage and engagement maybe a bit too often, we both agreed to wait a couple more years as it makes the most sense for us. I'm totally fine with waiting, but how can I stop daydreaming about our future all the time and be more present in the moment? I've been doing this since the beginning of our relationship, and I always want to be further along than we are. I know this is such a special time in a relationship, and I really want to enjoy it, but my brain keeps wanting to fast forward and picturing the day when we're already engaged." I totally relate to this. I think that especially because of social media, at least for me, I was thinking about our engagement. Like once we hit the year mark, I couldn't stop thinking about our engagement, thinking about how exciting it would be, thinking about him getting down on one knee, how I would feel. And now that we're married, I look back and I'm like, wow, it was such an, a unique time in our lives where we called each other boyfriend, girlfriend. It was such a quick time in our specific lives when we called each other fiance. And did I really enjoy it in the moment or was I thinking to the future? And if you're somebody that future trips like I do, and it sounds like you are, it can be really hard to actually be in the moment. I actually think that it's a really good sign that you're thinking about all of these things because I've been in relationships before where I could not picture getting married to this person. I could not picture them being a father. I could not picture certain things. So first of all, take that as a good sign for this relationship. I also think just like practice mindfulness as cheesy as that sounds like really try to observe yourself in every moment and how you feel like, how do you feel having this person as your boyfriend do things that are like boyfriend, girlfriendy that you might not be able to do when you're married because maybe you'll have kids right away. Try to travel and like do things that you can do that are fun when you're like, in that stage of your relationship, because in every stage of your relationship, it's still great, but it's different. And 
there's such a fun thing about being boyfriend and girlfriend that you need, especially if you know you're going to end up together, like you got to try to enjoy that. So mindfulness in therapy, you can practice just like being present and how that feels and, you know, just doing things that you don't feel like you will do when you're married. Don't feel like you will do when you have kids, like get it all out right now and make the best of it. Okay. Going to do one more and then we'll get into the episode. This person says, hi, Lindsay, would you be able to speak more about your relationship that you described as 50 50? My ex had a compulsive need for things to be even all the time with money. And later in the relationship turned out to not just be with money, but with time, energy, sexual acts, you name it. So petty, but not generous at all. Even though I was super generous to him. Originally, I didn't agree with the mindset of the man should pay for dinners, et cetera. But after being with someone who didn't want to spend any money on me without getting the exact same back in return, I totally get it. And we'll be looking into different things when dating again. I really would love to hear how Steven compared and how you expected more from the next guy. I personally feel like I enabled the mentality because it's so hard to say no to splitting things. Ugh. The last thing I want is for the guy to feel like I'm entitled if I keep accepting them paying. And when should the girl start paying for things? So much to unpack here. Yes. So I was in this relationship that was 50-50. It started in a way that I had no idea it was going to be 50-50. He paid for everything, like paid for me for everything, even like paid for my like birthday trip early on in our relationship, which was like a nice trip, like paid for dinners, you know, paid for like concert tickets, whatever it was. And then the second that we became boyfriend and girlfriend, it was like a switch flipped. And he was all of a sudden like cough it up. Where's, where's your credit card, things like that. And that can be really scary because I always say like set the tone in the beginning. But in this case, like I couldn't set the tone in the beginning because I was duped in a way, right? The same way that like some people think the rules are a dupe, which they're not. Like I was literally duped into this on like into this relationship where I was expected to pay all the time. And also this person was like weird about money. Didn't like to talk about it. Didn't like to say how much he made. And so that just like made the dynamic weird because we couldn't have a straight up conversation about like, here's what I think I should be paying for and what I think you should be paying for or whatever. So anyway, red flags, the situation with your ex, it seems like they were similar, but honestly worse because they were so like petty and so like tallying of like, who's paying for what, who's doing what, especially with sexual acts. Like there's nothing worse than when a guy goes down on you and then he's like, okay, your turn. Like absolutely fucking not. That's not the point of this. It's not send to receive. If you, if you recognize that from back in the day when like people would be cybering online, people would send photos in order to receive a photo back that's not a real, like, that's not a thing. And, and a real relationship and true love, if you really love someone, love means doing something, expecting nothing in return. And so I'll answer the Stephen question and then we'll talk about moving forward. So with Stephen, he was paying for things all the time in the beginning. And I remember it came a time and point where I would offer always, I was never going to go into something entitled. I would always, always offer. I always like did a reach. I didn't like take out my credit card and shake it in front of him, but I like always did the reach. And he was always like, absolutely not. Don't even think about it. And then eventually he was just like, you know, you don't have to like do a reach anymore. Like I got it. And to me, like that just showed that's how he was raised. With the person I mentioned before, he wasn't raised like that. He was clearly raised that like 
in a different sense, like that you don't have to always pay for women, that things should be equal, whatever. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. That's just not what I'm attracted to. And so that's how it was different with Stephen. When Stephen and I started to become more serious, like I would pay for certain things because I wanted to never dinners, but like I was paying for Ubers. If we ordered in, I would pay sometimes like I would do things just like nice gestures and whatever. I never wanted him to think that I was like taking advantage of him, which I never was. But for example, like if I had like tickets to like a sports game, like I'm not going to make him pay when I'm taking him to a sports game, things like that. So I think that's like what you look for is you look for somebody who doesn't want you to pay. And like, if you're going to pay, you have to do it in a way that like you're sneakier, this or that. I don't think that guys think of women as entitled if you accept them paying for the date. We have to pay for our bikini wax. We have to pay for Botox. We have to pay for makeup, which is extremely expensive. Our skincare routine, our clothes, all the things when they can wear the same outfit and barely brush their hair and go on the date. So we are already going in like net 300 down. And so I think that it is fair. And I hope that was helpful with like when the girls should start paying for things. I think like the girl can start paying for like Ubers early on. Like if you go on a date and it's like a nice date, even if it's the first date and you're like sharing an Uber home, which I never think you should do on the first date, do not get in a car with a stranger. But like, let's say, I think that that would be fine to pay for. I think it's like little things from the beginning the woman can pay for, but not the romance like the dinners. Anyway, I'm spending too much time on this and I really want you to hear Marin. So that is all with the questions and I hope you enjoy. If you have any takeaways from this episode, I really hope that it is that dating should be magic. And if you are a content creator, your content should also be magic, especially if it's dating content and you want to post it on your website or share it on Instagram, or maybe you're a matchmaker and you want to email your clients amazing opportunities for matching them. And maybe you need some help with this, whether it's reformatting, resizing, redownloading, re-uploading. You need Issue because with Issue, you can create it once and share everywhere. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials and magazines to catalog and portfolios and so much more. Issue also works seamlessly with the tools that you already use and love like Canva, Dropbox, MailChimp, and InDesign. If you're a solopreneur or a designer for an enterprise team, or really anybody who wants to create and share engaging content that stands out in a matter of minutes, you can get started with Issue today for free, or you can sign up for an annual premium account and get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME23. So that's code ACME23. Please note that the code has changed. That's issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME23 at checkout for your free starter account or 50% off with an annual premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code ACME23. 
Hey guys, I'm Kinsey from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything, lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram, it's just at Kinsey Elizabeth. I release new episodes every Thursday, so hope to see you there. Hey guys, welcome back to We Minute Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Marin Haugo, who is doing the 28 Dates in 28 Days Challenge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm Thank so you. excited to be here. Thank you for coming and for bringing your adorable dog, Archie. Yes, he's very happy to be here. Is this his first podcast? It is. Wow. Yep. He's doing great. It's a big one too. He's doing honored. really great. Thank you. So... Marin, what is your favorite romantic gesture? Mm, that's a good question. My favorite romantic gesture, honestly, I like the little things. Like everyone thinks I want like free meals and all this opulence, which don't get me wrong, I love. But my favorite romantic gesture is just like checking in on me and guys who are like very like tailored to me. So like sending me a book recommendation, an article that I might like or even like borrowing me a piece of equipment. This happened this month, if you can't tell, during my 28-day challenge when a guy, the writer guy actually, he brought me like a podcast po- podcasting microphone because he knew I wanted to start a podcast and he knew I didn't have the equipment. And so just like little tailored things like that, that like helped me make my life better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. And before we get into it, how old are you and where are you from? Okay, I'm 31 and I'm from Minnesota. Okay. But you don't I'm so have bad an at accent. This. I'm so bad at podcasting already. No. I'm nervous. Okay, so I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I don't have an accent unless I say the O's and then you'll really hear it. But I feel like when I say Minnesota, I say Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. No, or I'll say house. Do uh-huh. you hear it there? Yeah, I hear it a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 31 from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just like so fun to say. <laughs> it's fun to say. Everyone at home is like Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. So what were you doing before you mm-hmm. decided to do the 28 days and dates in 28 days? Yeah, so I was very single. Sales and recruiting was my job. I was in between like looking for a new job. And so that's when I decided to take on this challenge. That's been a big question of people. I had a lot of extra time. And so I was able to really channel my energy and put it towards dating. But yeah, I'm a sales girly. So in between jobs, meaning you had a new thing lined up. Yes. Yep. Okay. Because I was going to say it's kind of hard to date if you don't have a job, I feel like. Oh, totally. No, I mean, if a guy is like, what do you do for work and you're unemployed? That's usually not the best look. I don't recommend that. Although I don't want to shame people who are unemployed. No, of course. But I think for me, like being in sales, I had money saved and I was going to start my next job. And then this took off and I decided to run with it. I'm also an entrepreneur. So I had an Amazon store during the pandemic that did really well. So I'm just a business girly. Like I've always had that spirit to me. And so, yeah, I'm I'm a New York hustler where I've always had like a million gigs. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah. I'm a hustler as well. Totally. So I I get it. What made you want to do this challenge? What was your, you had mentioned that you were not taking dating seriously before. Mm -hmm. What does that even mean? So I was just so lazy. Like, so I was dating like 24 year olds from work because it was just proximity. It was convenience. 
And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm 31. I need to actually prioritize. Like, I need to zoom out and look at what do I want in a partner and how can I actually find that and not to go with what's right in front of me. Right. And so just like being really intentional was the whole point of this whole process. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And what was your first step in order to get these 28 dates lined up? Yeah, so one of the guys actually date number two the one like I feel like the people who follow me know who exactly I'm talking about but he's one of the front runners who I'm still talking to right now he actually had been trying to go on a date with me since December but I kept just kind of blowing him off like I was busy it was the holidays and so like I had guys in my like inbox I guess for Hinge and Bumble who wanted to take me out, but I just was like, oh, it's like Friday night. I'd rather like lay on the couch and watch Netflix or I'm going to go to this game night with friends instead. And so I just never was making time for dating. And so I was like, you need to get your shit together and you need to prioritize it. Yeah. And so that was kind of the whole impetus was that I had people who were interested in me, but I wasn't actually going out and like doing the dates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you responded to that person, let's say, on the dating app. Yep. That was date number two. Yep. What was date number one? It was another guy from Hinge. Okay. So my first two dates were from Hinge. And I'm somebody who doesn't like to hang out, hang around on the apps. I really believe in like being on there for like maybe like 10 minutes a day. Like, And so I'm somebody where if a guy's not asking me out pretty quickly, I'm like, hey, can you grab a drink tonight? Or hey, can you grab a drink this week? And usually it works. And if it doesn't work and the guy has like some long paragraph of an excuse, he's probably not my guy and he's just there to like waste my time. And so I keep it moving. And like I, with these two guys, I basically was like, okay, I'm going to do this challenge. And I messaged them what I just said. Hey, could you meet up tonight for a drink? And both of them said, yep. And then made plans. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, that would like, that would be something that I would advise people not to do. Oh, really? Because I would, I guess, just be scared that like, I don't know, that the guy wasn't interested. But now it sounds kind of silly because I guess if it's on an app, things are different because they've already said yes to you. Yeah. And it's almost like like an app is different than the real world, right? Like no rules or no norms apply to the apps in my mind. I think on the apps, like all is all is fair in love and war. So basically like a girl can be the one to make the first move, even if you're more traditional in nature, which I am. I like to be pursued by a guy. But I think that there's just so much noise and like almost like lethargy on apps that like, let's just get it moving. Like, let me just put it out there. But then I still expect the guy to be like, okay, we're going to go to this bar at this time. Does that work for you? Right. So all I say is, are you available at this time? And then he takes it from there. I think that's fair. Actually, that's one of my like, quote unquote, rules is like you can initiate, but then let them take it from there. So exactly. So I'm with you on that one. Mm -hmm. I think that's fine. Okay. Let's go over all of these dates. There's so many questions that that came in for you and that I have for you. So what we're just overall right now, you're at day, I don't know what, like 32. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I mean, like, I can't do fast math. So I yeah. assume it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and, don't make me do this. And what was the best and worst date within the 28 right now where you stand? So the best date was the date where the guy, he's a hedge fund guy. He's date number two. He's the guy who I've gone on the most dates with. He cooked me dinner. 
And it was just so sweet. Like it was so nice to go to someone's home and he had like a cheese plate ready. And then he made me a nice salmon meal because I'm a pescatarian. And like he just like paid attention to the little details. I also liked it because sometimes, especially because like the economy right now, people get like in their head about who's going to pay. Like when do I offer? Do I grab for my wallet? When you're being hosted at someone's home, you can just show up and like you're not going to have to like grab for the wallet or anything. Yeah. And I brought a gla- I brought a bottle of wine and it was just like it was so nice. And I like love like just like the simplicity of it. Yet like he clearly had a plan. It was very intentional on his end. So I liked it a lot. That is great. But I would be way too scared to go over to someone's place on a first date. It was a second date. Oh, okay. yeah. But still, okay. it was yeah, yeah, it was yeah. early days for going to his place. Our first date was probably like like maybe like six or seven hours long where it was like supposed to be just drinks that turned into dinner, which turned into a nightcap type of situation. And so I felt like comfortable with him. Right. And so, yeah. I'm like, I just have to speak up because my listeners are listening to this, like knowing that these are all like against my rules. Okay. I would love to hear your rules. So I would never be on a date for more than two hours. Oh, I've heard that one. Yeah, because it like can create a false sense of closeness where clearly you felt because you felt comfortable going to his apartment on the second date. Oh, totally. And I'm not advising that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a little risky, not gonna lie. Right, no, totally. And then I I would say don't go to their apartment until like date five or six and I would agree with that right too and like the like I even on the way over to his place I was like because I was recording this whole series I was like this is bad like I should not be doing this this early but I just did I trusted him well I think what's so cool about this challenge is you kind of like had to just go with it like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like you were sticking to rules in this challenge because then it wouldn't have been what it was totally totally and then there's also like that gut check right so like there's certain people where and the gut I believe my gut most of the time but there's certain people where like if they were to invite me to their apartment to make me dinner on date two I'd say absolutely not but with him I had the gut feeling where I felt like I could trust him there was another guy who on date one wanted to drive me home and I was like I'm not getting in a car with this guy like I don't feel safe with him yeah and so like don't get me wrong. I'm very mindful. And like I shared my location before going to the dinner. So I was mindful of safety. But like I get what you're saying. And I get why that would go against rules that yeah, you have. Totally. No, of course. Mm-hmm. But you do have boundaries for yourself. Of which, course. Yeah. Which I really, really like and oh, respect. And so many people also who are following along appreciate that. Yeah. What would you say are your boundaries? Like how do you navigate those boundaries yeah well boundaries has been something that I've historically struggled with and so for me I read Steve Harvey's book right before starting this challenge which some people might giggle at because like he's a comedian whatever but he I've never read a book written by a man about dating and I think his perspective was really eye-opening to me because I never I always had certain boundaries but I never knew how to properly communicate them and just the way he framed it like really clicked with me and so he gave me like a really concrete timeline I'm acting like me and Steve Harvey are like yeah. cold, like your besties like, like he's your dating coach yeah like Steve, Steve told me this no I read in his book that you know you shouldn't have sex or what he says give them I don't want to say it it's gross give but them the pussy or the something? cookie oh okay um he says no cookie until after 90 days which I think is actually genius I think it's so true because like you can make out 
You can do all, like you can text and like spicy stuff to each other. You can do everything, but just nothing below the belt. And 90 days, 90 days, nine zero. Like, so like three months. Yeah. Is that insane? That is wild. I know, but I'm going to actually follow it mm-hmm. because I'm like, here I am 31. I've been in a lot of toxic relationships. I've been in long-term relationships before my last relationship. There were, there was a point I thought I was going to marry him. We obviously didn't get married. Like I've been blinded by intimacy before And so I really wanted to have a clear head as I'm going through my decision-making processes as to who I end up with. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think 90 days is a lot, but Mm -hmm. I think it's better than the alternative, which is like sleeping with someone on a first date. Yeah. And being unclear. Yeah. And then also, I think that it's awkward to sleep with somebody on the first date because you don't know them. Oh, yeah. No, sex is so intimate. mm -hmm. So it's like it's strange because then like during it, it's fun. Then afterwards, it always feels awkward to me. And I don't want to have that feeling right now. I feel like I'm too old for that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm more like a five to seven dates kind of girly. And I feel like I used to be, Mm -hmm. but I'm really going to try to stick to this 90 day rule. Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. I think that that I'm so curious and excited to see how that works out. Yeah. What are some green flags that you looked for when you went on these first dates? Okay, so I need a guy who has a strong opinion about getting married. Like, I don't want to convince anybody about what he wants out of life. So I want a guy who wants marriage, wants kids, wants a family unit structure. I need a guy who has a friend group and community. That was a deal breaker for a few of the guys where they seemed really perfect. But then when they talked about their family, they were distant from them or they didn't have a group of friends. And to me, that's a huge red flag. And then just having like really concrete goals. What If someone knows what they want out of life, that's a yes. If they have no idea, that's a no. Because mm-hmm. I, I can't be their shepherd. I agree with that mm-hmm. one. I feel like the closer your family can go either way because sometimes families can be toxic. Right. But the friend group network, that's like an underrated green flag. I feel like that's totally. so important. Yes. And I feel like more guys than girls don't have friends. Like, where are their friends? I don't know. And if they don't have friends and they've been in the city longer than I have, I've been here a year and a half and I have a group of friends. I proactively went out and found those people and I'm trying to surround myself with like-minded people who align with my values and goals. But I proactively did that. Like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Scary. How did you find your friends? Bumble BFF. Stop. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. I know. It's been a blessing. Like, and if you look at my friends, you might be like, oh, her like Bumble BFF friends. No, like these women are like in their 30s too. Some of them are transplants to the city, but they're all super successful, dynamic, interesting women. And you'd never be like, oh, they all met on a dating app. Yeah. No, well, it wasn't a dating app. It's, no, a, but it's yeah, a networking yeah, yeah. app, I guess, because yeah. Bumble has multi... <laughs> multifaceted I'm sorry I'm laughing at myself because I'm like my friends are gonna be like Marm what are, you, <laughs> what are you telling people no but that is really cool I came to the city with nobody yeah and so like you kind of have to do something to meet no, people 100% and so and I wanted to have friends who were my age and in my life stage yeah. and so that's why I went to Bumble BFF but essentially one girl who's actually from New York City, she matched with a bunch of other girls. And then she invited everyone to this big mixer where there were like 20 plus women. And so it wasn't like going on a one-on-one date with a friend. It was like a big like happy hour where then four of us gravitated towards each other and then just continued to invite each other places and get to know each other. So it was very natural. Yeah. But 
Bumble BFF was like the the modality of how we met. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And we actually do women's mixers with oh, We cool. Met at Acme. So I love it. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and wanting some some more friends. Yeah. What would you say you learned about yourself? Like your biggest takeaway from being like, oh my God, I didn't realize that I. Mm-hmm. I think that the energy that you put out when you're dating translates directly into how you're treated this whole month I've been I've not been treated better in my life by men where they've been really communicative they've taken me on really nice thoughtful dates and I never struggled getting a date but I have struggled with being treated correctly by different guys in my life and like letting little things slide and whatnot and this month because I went in with that intention of I'm really looking for my husband and I expect to be treated x y and z ways and this is what I'm looking for these are deal breakers these are green flags ever since I've been projecting that message both like energetically but also like communicating it pretty clearly to the guys they're they're raising up to my standards and so I really learned that like if I hold my standard high people will meet meet my standard where it is that's amazing. Yeah. How does that come up though on a first date? Like, are you just like, so are you ready for marriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You say that. Yeah. I'm like, what are you looking for in a relationship right now? And then if they're like, are like fuzzy about it, then I'll just ask clarifying questions. But I will straight up being like, I'll straight up be like, do you want marriage? Like one of the guys who I'm talking to right now, he's a comedian. He's 28 and I'm 31. So there's a three year age gap there. And I, we were FaceTiming yesterday and I was like, you're 28, I'm 31. One thing that's giving me pause is our age gap. And like, you're trying to make it as a comedian. Like, are you going to be okay with getting married in two years? And I just left it. And like I said that, and I was silent and he responded. What did he say? He said that, yes. He said that for the right person, he would totally be willing to get married. And just like, as long as our lifestyles align and our our vision for our futures align, then yeah. See, that's another thing that I would be, hi, Archie, that I would be (laughs) scared of because I feel like guys don't know what they're, we all kind of don't really know what we're looking for until Mm -hmm. we find it. Right. Like you could say that you want marriage, but then you could meet a guy and you could be like, oh, I actually just want to like hook up with him. He's like- more the kind of guy that I would rather hook up with than marry, right? Yeah, but then I would just keep it moving. Like, that's the thing is like, I think my, the way I go about finding a relationship, I know it's a little controversial because it's very direct and it's very blunt. But I think that I weed out the wrong people. And I think that I, the people who are excited about me, they're excited about me because they're really aligned with what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. I guess just like to play devil's advocate, like I, if I were a guy yeah. on a date with you mm-hmm. and you were like, are you looking for marriage? Yeah. I would be like, wow, this girl like just wants a husband. Yes. She doesn't care like who it is. Yes, that does. That's a really good point. Yeah. So for me, like I looked around at 31 and I was like, I could totally see myself like letting the next 10 years pass by without a partner. And like, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting a husband. And at the same time, it's like, it's just people want partnership and companionship. And I mean, yeah, it's about the person, but it's also about about timing and aligned vision and goals because I used to be all about the soulmate type of thing. And then I was dating the wrong people. Mm -hmm. I would give 
too much leniency to certain people because I was like, well, maybe they're my soulmate. Maybe yeah. my maybe I'm meant to help them. And now I'm kind of like, mm, I'm not Mother Teresa. Like I'm not I'm not here to help anyone. Like we'll have synergy. Like I'm gonna come fully to this partnership, and we'll create something great together. But I'm not gonna pick somebody up out of the gutter and try to like be their life coach. Like I'm truly looking for a partner. And also, by the way, like I think when I communicate it to to like my followers and even to you right now, I like I would say it with such intensity. When I'm on a date, like I'm like a different girly, right? Like I'm like a little bit more light, flirty, fun. And it's like a banter. It's like a conversation. It's woven in a natural way. I'm not sitting with a checkboard being like, okay, question one. Yeah. And like writing it down. It's like a little bit more like free flowing and, and we don't go there right away. Like there's like, like you build rapport, you get to know somebody. And then as you're getting to know them, you just drop a few questions in there. Yeah, I think you're right. It's all about how you deliver. Yeah, how you deliver it for sure. Have any guys gotten upset about the challenge? I think I saw one guy had said to you, like, I'm I saw you're dating other people. I'm not doing this or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the advertising guy was not into it after a while. But I also think he was starting to get in his head because I wasn't really feeling it as much either. And so he would go on my stories and I would be saying positive things about the other guys. I would be saying positive things about him too. The whole thing was to showcase my journey. And I told him like, don't watch if it's going to make you feel uncomfortable because this is what I'm doing right now. But you don't have to actually follow my life of Mar on Instagram. Right. And he still followed it and it did make him uncomfortable. And I also think that we were probably at that juncture about to and things like pretty mutually anyways. So like it, like had he been like the love of my life, like I probably wouldn't have so openly talked about my feelings for the other guys. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. It does and it doesn't because I'm like, so then none of them are the love of your life. Well, I don't know. I think that, I think that one of them might be and I'm pretty sure that he doesn't watch any of it. Okay. But you thinking that he might be the love of your life doesn't make you want to stop talking about the other. No, because I'm I'm single until I'm taken. And like, that sounds crazy, but I like think that it's okay to be transparent. I'm being respectful to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like talking about my journey. But like the thing about me is that I'm talking about it openly and sharing it with everybody. Everyone else is doing it in New York, right? these guys that I'm seeing, they're also seeing four other women. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm like, it's not one-sided. Right. Yeah, no, that's fair. Do you think that after doing this, that it really is a numbers game and that more dates really do help? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fully. I think that there's like a little bit of luck and love and like there's a little bit of like serendipity and all of that. But I also think that if you want to go out and really understand who you are in relationships and what you truly want in a partner, I think the way to do that is to date. Yeah, I think that's true. Would you say that it was emotionally exhausting or like kind of invigorating in a way? Mm, I think equal. I think I was really tired because I was the person who was creating the content in the content, editing, posting, and then it went viral. And that added a whole nother layer to it where there were a ton of eyes on it, which that's pressure then, right? And I want to make sure I'm being respectful. So it was it was invigorating and exciting, yet 
very emotionally exhausting. And like, the thing is, is like, there are real feelings here. And like, when it comes down to it, I really want to find my person. And so I would be so upset if I did something that completely sabotaged me ending up with somebody. Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. of course. Yeah. Will you stop then if you decide, like at what point will you stop? What do you mean? Like when someone asks you to be your their girlfriend, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, when I'm somebody's girlfriend, then I'll stop dating other people. But right. like now I have this whole community. So mm-hmm. now it's just for like, now that I have this community that's, you know, on this journey with me, I'm going to continue to support them in their journeys. And so like the dialogue surrounding dating and relationship will continue. But like which stage I'm in will evolve with me. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure they want to see you like how it goes even when you find your I person. I think I think the people who are following they they genuinely want me to find love. Yeah. And if I did find love, like I like I think that'd be so amazing for me, but I also think it'd be amazing for them because I think it I've instilled hope in a lot of people, which now I'm like, "Oh my god, as a Minnesotan, I'm like this is not humble. Like this is not okay that I'm saying this, but yeah, like there's people around the world who started following me and like I'm already getting messages where people are like I downloaded Hinge because of you and now I'm going on a fourth date and he's really cool and I'm really excited about this guy and it's been a month. And oh, I'm that's like, amazing. yeah, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm so it glad. Really is. Yeah. I love that. So my, oh yeah. Okay. So you're a Scorpio. Yes. Mm-hmm. What are you again? And I'm a Libra. Okay. I love Libras. Oh, I love Scorpios. Yes. Okay. And when you date, how much weight, if any, do you mm-hmm. put into your compatibility? like my astrology compatibility. Mm -hmm. So I would say I used to put way more into it. And now I'm trying to be a little bit more lenient because I learned that there's rising signs. And so it's rising in your moon sign. Mm -hmm. And there's like no way for me to fully calculate that. Right. Unless you knew all their birth times. Unless I know like their birth times. And there's no way I'm asking a guy their birth time because I think that would maybe turn some guys off. Yeah, I literally and, did that after my first date with really? my husband. And was he cool about but it? But it was all in the delivery, as okay. you said. Like the same way that you were like, I asked, I told them I want to be married. Like mm-hmm. I did it in a very casual, funny way. Like I think I was, I was walking with him and I was like talking about how my nephew's birthday was coming up. And okay. my nephew, I knew, I already knew my husband's birthday mm-hmm. on our first date because yep. of Facebook. And I mentioned that my nephew's birthday was that same day. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, that's my birthday. Even though my nephew's birthday is two days later, but I actually fucked that up. <laughs> Little and he white was like, lies. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. was like, oh, that's my birthday. And I was like, oh, really? Like what time? Or something like, you know, something I like, like it. That. No, it's like so just like, oh, I was born in the afternoon. Right. Do you remember? Do you know when you were born? Right, right. And yeah, then, I like it. And mm-hmm. then he I ended up texting me after the date. Like the first follow up text was like, Oh, like 9.46 a.m. My Like I just asked my mom or something like that. And then you were like, yay. Uh-huh. And then you were able to, yeah. Exactly. So do we okay. know comedian, accountant, all like, do we know any of their sun signs? So the writer is also a Scorpio, okay. which by the way, I've not dated a Scorpio before and I'm a little afraid. Two Scorpios are a good match, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of intense energy because I'm intense, right? So yeah. But that's okay. Like maybe I need somebody to match my intensity. Maybe. And then there's two Sagittariuses. The comedian and... And the hedge fund guy, date number two. So what do you think of Scorpio and Sagittarius? I've seen it a lot. Is it good? 
it's not typically good, but it works. Okay. Well, but I'm a Virgo moon sign and Aquarius rising. Okay. So I'm like, maybe there's like a little. Yeah. No, we don't know the rest of their charts. I know. Totally. We don't know. How, like, what would your advice be after doing this to people who are just dreading going out on dates? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with not looking forward to one? I think you have to like bring the romance to dating back. And so one thing I did with my wardrobe even was I started to wear like dresses to dates. And that sounds like weird, but it wasn't like fluffy dresses. It was like cute, sleek, modern dresses and like just like romanticizing it a little bit and like enjoying each little step of the process. And then it's also like anything, right? Like this was my 28 dates in February, there's also something called the Whole30 where people for 30 days eat really clean food. And it's essentially the same thing, right? But just instead of eating clean, I was trying to get back into dating again. So it is a bit of a muscle that you just have to get out there and put yourself in a few probably potentially uncomfortable situations. But as you keep dating and over time, it gets easier and easier. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. What were the best dates? Were they from apps, from setups, from the DMs? Mm -hmm. Like what vessel? So I would say that the beginning of the challenge, all my dates came from apps, obviously. And then this whole other phenomenon happened where because I like made these viral videos and I was getting gaining traction and a following, all of a sudden all these men started to pile into my DMs and I started to get offered to go to all these really nice dates via dm and so i would say the best dates probably came from mm, i would say it's 50 50 like the soho house date with like the d-list celebrity was interesting but i just like part of me was like should i even go on this because my intention is to find my person and i feel like this is just like a novelty thing for him but i still went yeah. You know what I mean? So it was pretty split 50-50. I would be so skeptical of anyone who slid into my DMs after I went viral. Right? Well, and that's the thing. Like I like I definitely had my guard up with these guys because now like as it's gaining more and more traction, I'm now the the 28 dates girl, right? And then if you get to be one of the dates, you're going to get a full recap of the date that like you're going to maybe get a little social clout. I don't know. So yeah. it, it did become a little sketchy in that in that yeah. regard. No, I get that. How did you remember everything they told you and not mix information? Or was it okay that you mixed information because they knew you were going out on all these dates? Yeah, I was pretty like, I'm pretty good at relationships. And like when I was on these dates, it was one-on-one. It's like an intense conversation. And so I wasn't really like mixing up information because what what dating is, is like sitting across the table from somebody and having like this in-depth conversation And so I feel like I knew them pretty well. Also, I only went on 15 first dates. And so there were only 15 guys total in the experiment. I shouldn't call it an experiment, but that's what other people are saying. Right, right, right. What was your favorite date location? I would say the Dumbo house was sick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that looked really pretty. Yeah. What made you decide that it was okay to have like the same person twice in the 28th? Like a second date. Yeah. If I started, like if I felt like there was a connection, like of course I said no to like some date offers where they wanted to take me out on a second or third date. But if there was any spark there or alignment there, I would give them a second date. I got a lot of pushback from the guy who took me out on Valentine's Day. 
Barstool reposted it. Apparently it was viral on finance Twitter because basically there was a guy who also works for a hedge fund who brought me out on Valentine's Day. And after our second date, I basically just told him that I only felt like we were friends. And I really did not feel a spark with him at all. There was no ounce of me that even really enjoyed having a one-on-one conversation with him. Like I liked him as like a human, but I'm like, I don't even think we'd be friends. So then what, why, like, what, why did you go viral then? What was the, what was everyone upset about? Because he took me on a really nice date. He took me to dinner. Then he booked a second reservation for after dinner drinks where we like Ubered to a second location. He brought Archie a little, like he went to a West Village bakery and brought me a little pizza treat to give to Archie like a cookie that looked like a piece of pizza because he knows that Archie's nickname is Pizza God Arcini. But that's too much too soon, I would argue. Yeah. That's probably why it didn't work out. It's like when the guy takes you to like a $200 omakase on the first date, Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't deserve this yet. Like, what are you doing? It's almost like showy. But like Cosme Guy... Because in the Bloom- because Bloomberg interviewed me and they had to ask me about how much these guys spent, I did go back to the guys and I asked them how much they spent. And he spent $600 on the, six- on the first date. I didn't know that. I was shocked when he told me. I was like, are you serious? Makes sense because we did multiple Mezcal tastings. But what I'm trying to say is like, I don't really care. Like if they like, if they wine and dine me initially, I love it. Like that's fine. It was for me and him. It was like, just like there wasn't that, connection that was ever going to be deep enough to be a full-on relationship right yeah yeah well so you mentioned like not having a spark Mm. but then you also mentioned like you're not looking for your soulmate yeah but so then like what is it because to me I'm like a spark like equals soulmate you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like so are you just because if it's just like an alignment It's not, it's like a little bit of science. It's a little bit of art though, because like, I think that even with friendship, like you can be, you can have close proximity to someone for years and never be deep, good, best friends. Right. And then there's somebody that you meet on the first day and you're just drawn to each other for some unknown reason because you just have like a natural rapport and chemistry and then you're really close friends and like, it's like anything. And so with that guy, I mean, like, by the way, I would love to believe in soulmates. And maybe when I get married on my wedding day, I'll be like, oh, my God, I found my soulmate. Like, who knows? But what I'm trying to say is that what's your question again, actually? Like, I feel like I I'm guess, off track. No, and the question was because there's so many polarizing views when it comes to dating. And right. some people are like, fuck the spark. The spark doesn't matter. Like, it's just if you have the same life goals. And then right. some people are like no you need to have that chemistry like twin flame otherwise it's not yeah and so I'm like where do you stand with that okay that's a good question so essentially where I stand is in the middle because I think that there's something to a slow burn too right where you see somebody for multiple dates and like as you get to know them they reveal more and more about themselves and you're like holy shit you're actually like an amazing person I'm so drawn to you I'm so attracted to you but maybe initially you didn't have that like spark or attraction But there's something, there is something about that person that keeps you coming back, right? Mm. And it might not be because you're so attracted at the beginning, but there's just something about their charisma, their energy, your your interaction together that keeps you coming back. And that's what I'm talking about. And so me and that guy who I went on that second date with and then ended up walking away, I just didn't, I had zero. There was nothing to even bring me to back to a third date. Mm -hmm. And that's how I knew like, 
there's not even a little foundation to build something real off of. So how many dates would you give for the slow burn? I would say that there has to be enough momentum after each date to keep going to the next. There has to be something like that they said or a conversation that you had. Like I like when we him and I were talking and I feel bad because he's such a nice guy and I don't want to roast him. But when we were like right now, I'm engaged in this conversation. I'm really enjoying this conversation a lot. Him and I were sitting across, like sitting next to each other, having our Aperol spritz. I didn't feel like I wanted to even be there. Like I was like, I'd rather yeah. be sitting on my couch. Oh yeah, that's the worst feeling. And on a so date. when you have that feeling, I I think you honor it. Right. You know? I think I think you're right. So what's the overall conclusion that you've that you've come to? My overall conclusion is that I think that if you want to find a partner, I think you have to zoom out really understand like what you're what you're looking for what your red flags are what your deal breakers are yellow flags green flags and then with that like framework and context you can go go out in the world date a bunch of people and see if you find that person I don't know I'm maybe oversimplifying it I no. really I and like the thing is is like everyone is watching me like have you found your person and like I'm so in the moment with everyone that like I just tell my story from my perspective because I'm not an expert I'm also trying to figure this out alongside everyone. Yeah, I think that's mm -hmm. what makes it so like fun to watch. And that's okay. kind of how I started my podcast. Yeah. Like when I started it, I was newly single and dating and mm -hmm. trying to find someone too. Right. And so like the first few episodes were literally just me talking about my own dating life the same oh, really? way that you are now. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I'm like your little protege. <laughs> Although I'm like, we're like the same age and I'm like, I'm the new you. <laughs> no, but in so many ways, like yeah. you are at that point point yep and like maybe in a few years you'll be married sitting so. sitting across from someone wanting to hear their story totally okay we're gonna do some fun rapid fire okay poll questions a guy you've been seeing for five weeks says bye love you on the phone seemingly on accident you say bye and hang up ask him about it or let it be mm, i think me being me i'd probably ask him yeah. I think if you do it in a cute way, like, so you remember what you said on the phone? Would I guess if he said, bye, love you, and it was, eh, mm, if it was like a, a genuine mistake and you could tell it was a mistake, then I would just let it go. Right, right, right. Be cool. The guy you're seeing is 28, almost 29, and all of his friends are 23, 24 year olds. Mm -hmm. Is that a red flag or bad sign? Yeah. Agreed. Have age appropriate friends. Like, right. like your friends should reflect where you're at in your life and where you want to go. Yeah. If you are 20, if you're 35 and all of your friends are in their 20s, that's a problem. Agreed. Do you know any straight males who edit their photos? Yes or no? Not that I know of, but I wouldn't put, put it past anyone. Yeah. Is it a red flag or deal breaker if they don't own any measuring cups? No, I don't care. Although I like when a guy cooks because I feel like I'm not that good at cooking. Mm -hmm. And so when a guy has like a trait that I like is one of my weaknesses, I'm drawn to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think guys only send the had a great time text after early dates if they're interested or yes. just send it to be nice? No, I think they only do it if they're interested. Really? I think they send it to be nice. Really? Yeah. Wait, say more. I just think that they're like, it just checks the box of like, did I do all the right things on this date? Like, I don't want to be a bad guy. And like, then I'll decide later if I like them. 
Okay. I mean, I think there's a few guys where I went on dates with them and I was like, are you doing this? Because I'm going to make a little recap about it. Or are you doing this because it's genuine? But interesting. I feel like if a guy really likes you, he tells you like he'll ask you on the second date before the first date's over. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's And it's so that's obvious. True. Yeah, yeah, That's true. Actually, you inspired another poll question. Oh, cool. Significant Other shared that he got multiple happy ending massages while living in Thailand five years ago. No. Immediately no. Yeah, immediately no. No, I don't do that. No, no, I agree. I don't like guys who go to strip clubs. Yeah. And I tell guys that early. I say, if that's your thing, we're not compatible. Well, like on a bachelor party, I think that's it's fine. okay. That's yeah. fine. But Thailand, that gets a little creepy. Yeah. My husband has a theory. He's going to kill me for saying this, but that every guy has had some sort of... Happy ending. Not like happy ending, but like happy ending or like interaction with a sex worker <laughs> Or something. I mean, probably, but like, don't tell me about it. And if yeah. it's like a, if it's like a one-off, fine, shit happens. If it's your pattern, no. Like I like tell me early on so I can ditch yeah. you. Would you rather be with a guy who is more on the reserved slash quiet side of or life of the party outgoing? I can do either. I've had people. I've had guys reject me because they want to be the star, and I find that fascinating. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's just an insecure guy. Yeah, I would agree. Would you date someone who has a podcast? Yeah. What, the comedian has a podcast. Oh, he does. Mm-hmm. He gave me some tips before coming on today. Interesting. Yeah. What were his tips? Honestly, I'm trying to remember. He, I think he just like kind of fake interviewed me, mm-hmm. but it was like cute and supportive and yeah, I appreciated that is supportive. it. Yeah. Love that. The guy that you're seeing has had two girlfriends mm-hmm. who were previously hooking up with friends of his and the friends had rejected the girls. Wait, say that one more time. So like you're dating someone and you find out that their last two girlfriends were rejected by their friends. You know what I'm saying? Like he took like their leftovers because like they didn't want them. Yeah, I don't really care. Mm. Do you okay. care? I don't want to date the guy who like lets his friends do work on the girls and then tries to swoop in and date them. You know what I mean? So you're saying that, he, okay, now people are going to think I'm missing brain cells. He, he's No, date- it's, it's very confusing. So okay. basically, would you date someone who their last two girlfriends mm-hmm. were people like dumped by their friends? Do you know what I'm saying? Would I date somebody whose last two girlfriends were dumped by this person's friends? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I misread that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, like, that's weird. I think that's not a very resourceful man. Right. I'm looking for somebody who's a little bit more ambitious than that. Yeah. And also a little bit more loyal to their friends. Like, that's right. off. Right. Okay. Okay, I'm glad. That took, like, that, yeah. My, that took me a while to get there, but once I understood it, No, it's it, very confusing. I, yeah, the yeah, wording I, is very confusing. Yeah, totally. Marin, this was so much fun. Yeah, thank Do you. Do you have a quote or piece of advice that you could leave our listeners with? Yeah, just be confident and have, okay, so this is actually from Steve Harvey, but he says, men respect standards, get some. And I just fully believe that. Have standards, ladies. I love that. Mm -hmm. Keep your standards high. Where can everybody find you, follow you, and just see how the journey goes? Yes. So follow me at Life of Mar, okay, Archie. (laughs) Follow me at Life of Marin NYC on Instagram. I have a link tree where you can find all my other endeavors. And then I'm also launching a podcast called Crowdsourcing Love. 
and that's going to be launching either today or tomorrow. So watch for that where I'm just going to go into all the tea. I'm also going to be meeting with a matchmaker and doing like the full on matchmaking process as the client. So I'm very excited. I love that. Thank you. We can't wait to see. Cool. Thank you again. Thank you. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.